0: Hello. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's fine. We literally just stopped recording and we're starting again. <laughs> just gonna. Sitting on the dock of the bay. <laughs> recording the podcast. Just looking around. At everything. Oh my God. I just started singing and I realized that it's Disney tonight. I'm so excited. <gasps> it's oh! If anyone's from San Antonio, which, what the fuck, they're probably not <laughs> listening to this. They're like, we're from <laughs> Albany. No. Um. <laughs> There is Disney Karaoke Roulette every first Friday at the bar that Coelho's hosts karaoke at A Thirsty Camel. At the Thirsty Camel. So come on down, come on down, every and see first me Friday. win and dominate the
1: competition. Oh, I'm so excited for the pops.
0: I, me too. And I haven't been in three months, so really? I'm really yes. And I bought that wow. Disney shirt to wear, and I haven't gotten to wear it yet. So I'm really, really excited. I, I should
1: have washed my Disney clothes. Speaking of
0: yeah, it. I think it's dirty. No <laughs> way. I am Kenna.
1: I'm Coel. Welcome back
0: to Diagnosing, Diagnosing a Killer. A killer. <laughs> that
1: was good. I, I had that.
0: like a burp coming when I said <laughs> that. So I was like a killer. On it. killer. <laughs> so that one time when I was like, when you died, <laughs> what did I say? You died. So. <laughs> so. So. When I listened to it, I listened to it. five <laughs> just Does that one No. So. So. Uh. We all know that Kenna has congestion issues. I sound like <laughs> I have a stuffy nose all the time. All the time. Hopefully, I'll get my allergy shots pretty soon and that'll go away because I'm like allergic to a lot of shit. Okay. I'm excited. What so, case do You even know what you're doing. You never know what I'm I doing. I never know what you're doing. I know. <laughs> you what know
1: i know. every episode. You never know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, we.
0: Like, we I don't know do that on purpose. I
1: know. It sounds like that. <laughs> but really, we don't know what each other are going to bring. So, which I, I like it that way. No, oh, me too. It's the best.
0: So, today we're going to talk about... So, we had to pause for just a second because both of our parents walked in and they were being loud. It's okay. But I didn't get to hear the case. I know. <laughs> so, no, it was literally just as I said. And I'm it is. Be about. So, the suspense is killing me. <laughs> Tell me.
1: Should I build it up again? <laughs> no, tell me. Today's case is about Todd Colehub. Todd Colhub? Nope. Nobody. I don't
0: think so. Nobody. Alright. Nobody, because everybody nobody's Nobody. <laughs> <wants> Nobody? <laughs> That's right.
1: Raise your hand. I'm We'll kidding. give you a second. Say it into the phone. Todd Colhub, <laughs> who was born Samsel, was his last name. He was born on March 7th, 1971, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, to Regina and William Samsel. Okay. Samsel. So his parents were in a pretty toxic relationship just from like the jump, mm-hmm. probably since before he was born. Um and eventually his parents would divorce at age 2. Okay. So like a pretty impressionable little age, right? Yeah. Um so his mother got custody of him and Todd had actually lost all contact with his bio dad at that point.
0: Mhm.
1: Todd's mother actually remarried another man um the following year. So just 1 year later she got remarried when Todd was 3.
0: Okay.
1: So he's actually legally adopted by this man. I I probably could have found his first name, but I really don't care because this guy sounds like a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So, and you'll hear why. Um, so when he, when Todd was five, he was actually legally adopted by this man and his last name was Cole Hupp. Okay. And so that's how he kind of inherited Cole Hupp. And this is 1976 by this point. So Todd's stepfather was actually never liked by Todd. And this really created a tumultuous household. Like they constantly fight and like, and he's a child, mm-hmm. like he's a, he's a fucking kid. And they're having just like knock down, beat down fights. Like his dad would just hit him and stuff. Oh, it was really bad. So um, he would receive beatings quite often from his stepfather, and Regina Todd's mother would often leave his stepfather due to the abuse. But she never really, actually, really left. Yeah. And so probably into a first, the first few years of their marriage, she would go stay at a friend's house for a night or whatever it was. But she actually ended up filing for divorce like a few years after they had been married. However, Regina would eventually return to Todd's stepfather and wow. actually get remarried again. Oh,
0: my gosh. Yeah. All right. So it's just this
1: back and forth shit, right? So um, Regina said around this time that Todd was an extremely emotionally sensitive child.
0: I wonder fucking why.
1: Right? Already. So you know what's funny is when we die the last, like, few episodes when we have been like, wow, they just seem like they have such a great life. What yeah. goes wrong? From the get, you know that something is yeah, gonna this happen. This guy here. was like, it's definitely yeah. sounds
0: a little bit like nurture to me, yeah, so far.
1: exactly. So, of course, like, um, he was emotionally sensitive and he would often react with aggression when anyone challenged him for anything. Like, if it was like clean your room, he would become violent, That's like, he wouldn't, yeah,
0: suppressed, like suppressed uh, emotions that you didn't process correctly and right the only emotion that you think is acceptable is anger and that's been shown by the stepfather exactly so.
1: like again it's that thing like when you love someone this is what you do yeah you know and when you like when you love that person back that's what you or do. if you have
0: any feelings about anything at all it's okay to get like pissed off and yeah like, rage whatever
1: but it seemed like, by all accounts, Todd was really clingy with Regina, his mom. Okay. was, like, super clingy and... Yeah, again, yeah. I wonder
0: why, because mm-hmm. the stepfather was abusive to both of them. Right. So...
1: So, um, it was around this time when, like, Todd was probably eight, nine, he insisted that he wanted to go live with his bio dad. He wanted to go find his biological father and he wanted to live with him. Okay. And he probably didn't care, even at that age, what that looked like, yeah. you know? He's also a kid. Yeah. So by the time Todd had actually started elementary school, so again, this was during all this time, kind of backtracking a little bit to so five, six, seven, he had begun to have outbursts of aggression and he showed violent tendencies towards other children. He even destroyed a school property when he was having his outbursts.
0: Damn. Yeah. At, like five and eight. Five, and five, six, to, five, eight, five to eight. Five to eight. Yeah. All
1: throughout elementary school.
0: What the hell? Yeah. I mean, again, again, I keep saying this, but, like, that's what he's been shown.
1: Yeah. And And it's only, again, you'll see, like, there's kind of a pattern. It's when he doesn't get what he wants. Yeah. And so that's the thing is, like, he feels like if he... He was taught that... His stepfather probably got everything that he wanted because Mm -hmm. he had violent outbursts, and he learned that that's how you get things. That's
0: not how fucking life works. Mm -mm. Sorry about that.
1: No, but to be taught that at such a young age.
0: Yeah, that's really awful.
1: But from all accounts, again, like, he's freaking out over simple shit, right? Mm -hmm. So at age nine, Todd had actually been placed in a psychiatric facility.
0: At nine? For his behaviors. Yeah. How about trying to, like... Love him a little bit. Maybe that would help. He's probably not mentally ill. At, yeah. I mean, and if he is, it's Nate. I don't know.
1: But at nine? At nine. Oh, I know. My God, it's horrible. So here, Todd had spent three and a half months in the psychiatric facility. Okay. And it was then discovered that he had what was described as, quote, an explosive temper, end quote. And it was also realized that he was, quote, preoccupied with sexual thoughts and desires. At nine. At nine. nine. Was he, though? This is what this says. Now, okay, so, again, psychologically, we know that when we, you and me, and probably a few listeners out there, know that when things like that are happening, it's usually because there was some sort of a sexual trauma at some point. Yeah, of
0: course. He's been exposed to something like that. Right. And, I mean, kids do not think of things like that on their own until, like, I think age 13 is, like, when you start to come into your, you know, realization about, like, have, like opposite sex and stuff like that, like, sexually, you yeah. know? Nine?
1: That's well, really young. There's, there's there's another explanation as well. Either that... Ha- it, they never say that that is what happened, and I, he never admitted to something like that. Okay. Um, At least not from what I read, which, again, I try to do really thorough research. Yeah. The only other thing is that there's that... um, They call it something... Is it the um, Odysseus complex? O-
0: Oedipus complex. The
1: Oedipus complex, where it's like you are—you fall in love with your
0: the p- opposite parent sex of the opposite parent. Sex. Yeah,
1: and I think maybe that's something that might have happened here. Yeah, but have you felt Sexually, though, though,
0: the Oedipus complex. I get what you're saying, but it usually also doesn't really manifest into a sexual thing until you're right. older. Yeah. So still, even if it was Oedipus complex at nine, it would probably be just like infatuation like, like love, not like, you know, sexual. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I can think of, and this is just me speculating, maybe his parents were very open about sex. And they, I mean, there's maybe. a lot of cases we hear where parents don't give a shit about having sex in front of their kids, yeah. you know, and maybe that's where he got yeah. that exposure. You right.
1: Know? Yeah. I mean, you never know. And then that's you're true. only gonna find I mean, this, out as much as he's willing yeah. to admit. Or... The stepdad sounds like a piece of shit. He probably groped. So um, after Todd had his little Stent there. Yeah. Um, he actually went back into public school and it was reported that he would begin to hit other children, like punch other kids. So, whatever right? they He's a did a do didn't help. Right. So, he he actually on the bus once got into a small disagreement with a girl on the bus. He stabbed her in the legs with a pair of scissors. What? Yeah. In the legs? In the leg. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said legs. <laughs> I was the, like, plural? Leg is. Uh, uh, no. What yeah. The just hell? one. But yeah, because he upset her. I am because (laughs) she upset him.
0: (laughs) He upset her and then he (laughs) stabbed her.
1: Yeah, no. No, that's so He was upset by something that she had said.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So around this time, we're going to see this coming, like, like already, Mm -hmm. Todd had began abusing neighborhood animals.
0: Oh, and he's how old is this, like, 10?
1: He's probably 9 or 10 at this. Yeah, probably 10, because I think when he went into this facility, it was late.
0: Remember the McDonald triad we talked about? One of those three things is harming animals. Mm-hmm. So you would actually hunt down neighborhood dogs with a BB gun.
1: Just dogs. Indiscriminately. Not just that they were, like, stray dogs, but, like, people's dogs.
0: No, and I'm, I'm. you can't see my face, listeners, but <coughs> I just have like, my jaw to the floor yeah. because a BB gun is, that's very, very vulgar because that's not going to kill them immediately. Yeah, no, it's
1: just going to harm them.
0: That's so sad.
1: So he would hunt down dogs with a BB gun. And at another point, he actually killed the family goldfish. Oh, no. Do you want to know how?
0: Oh, no. Did he eat it? He put bleach in the (gasps) water. Oh, my God. That is so fucking wrong. Do you want to know why? Because he's a fucking little shit. Why? He
1: wanted a gerbil. And his stepfather said he couldn't have a gerbil because he already had a pet. The goldfish. So he killed the goldfish to get a gerbil.
0: So he's going to kill the gerbil to get a cat next or Maybe. something?
1: Maybe. Oh my gosh. Todd's stepfather later described Todd as, quote, only being capable of anger.
0: It, it seems like it. And, you know, I don't want to feel, I don't not want to feel bad for the kid because, it, again, it seems like a lot of nurture. Yeah. But, but, but man, man like, that's outrageous. Like, these are, I mean. That's violent, violent acts at a very young age. Again,
1: I want to, like, reiterate the fact that, like, This isn't, like, the mid-70s, late-70s. Like, probably late-70s, maybe early-80s at this point. I mean, this isn't the 1920s or the 1930s where these warning signs aren't there. Like, these are warning signs.
0: Well, the parents obviously didn't give a shit. No. Or the stepdad definitely didn't, but the mom, maybe she was too... I mean... We we see it too in situations yeah, like this where she's, she's in an abusive relationship, yeah. a toxic relationship. She's gonna preoccupy all of her time with that. We saw it in in Richard Chase. Yeah, remember she got therapy for herself and not for yeah. him.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, she was <laughs> because like, "Because she, oh, she didn't need really something I'm fucking up my child." Yeah. yeah, but
1: I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's hard for the moms a lot of this time. And again, I. I feel like we're getting there as, like, a community of yeah. women to, like, stand up for ourselves now and be able to talk about things. I mean, it still happens. It's never going to go away, I don't think. Yeah. And, but I feel like at the time, it's like, it was hard for a woman to be a single mom with oh, yeah. children and raise the kids and, you know, of and course. things like that. Um, and not feel like you needed to rely upon a a male figure yeah. or whatever to help with that. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's awful. This is not going well so far.
1: So entering his teenage years, Todd's anger only increased, of mm. course, because he's not being treated. Yeah. In one instance during an argument, Todd would actually destroy his own bedroom with a claw hammer after begging his mother to go stay with his bio dad.
0: Where did he get a claw hammer, first of all? Second of Fucking, all... Fucking,
1: they don't care. They got shit everywhere.
0: Okay, how old is he at this point? Uh, teenage. He's probably, like, 13. Yeah, and you yeah. know, the, the most fucked up part, I think, is that... It's not like he can just call up dad and and have dad come get him. He doesn't even know who this person yeah. is. And so yeah. the fact that she's withholding that information is like, yeah, I don't want to say it's abuse, but it's kind of, it's fucked up, Yeah, you
1: know? So it, it got so severe that he actually threatened to kill her and his stepdad if he didn't live with his dad, his biological dad. In 1982, Regina would actually leave Todd's stepdad, which is good, right? You're like, yay, okay, abuser's out of the house. Mm-hmm. Maybe things can turn around. Mm-hmm. But Regina couldn't, at this point, really provide for him. So he's like... She's like, yeah, I'll send you over there with your bio dad. Okay. Bio dad lives in Arizona. So right. the following year, um, he starts living with his bio dad. And it would actually just prove to further, like, fuel his rage. Because his biological father is absolutely obsessed with guns and women. Great. <laughs> this- it's coming from all angles here. This guy like literally doesn't have a chance. Like, does not have like, a chance. And
0: honestly, I'm yeah. I want to feel bad for him, really bad for the kid. You know, just yeah. because he literally got the worst of the shit into the stick. Mm-hmm.
1: So at first, Todd started working odd jobs. He tried to stabilize himself while he was living with his dad, but his dad was never around. His dad was always out drinking or have like partying Actually, with life. friends and with girlfriends and all that sort of stuff. So. He felt kind of cheated. He's like, I came all the way out here to live with you and to get to know you, and yeah, it turns out you're a piece of shit too. So, Mom's um, type. Yeah, it really sucks. I feel like he went out there to like change his trajectory, you know. And yeah, like he, he tried get to that. get
0: like as little self help as he like could think of. You yeah, know?
1: Todd would actually be quoted in saying that his dad shared his obsession of guns and how to quote blow things up and make bombs.
0: Great. He's
1: a teenager, by the so way. So he's creating he's like 14, a terrorist. 15.
0: Yeah. Wow. I was like, maybe he'll have a better life with dad. Yeah. I guess he wouldn't be on this podcast if he had, well, you know.
1: Yeah. The end of the story is that everyone's fine. That's it. The end of the story is that everyone survives and everyone's fine. Yeah. We can go home now. Yeah.
0: Literally. (laughs) Literally.
1: So, feeling more and more like he was being neglected by his father, Todd did express several times that he wanted to go live with his mother again. Okay. And during this time, his mom had moved from Florida to South Carolina. I'm assuming because there was probably more support there. Yeah. She's a single
0: person. I mean, at this point, he knows... Obviously, he knows his mom. He's old enough to maybe contact her on his own. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope he does that. Go ahead.
1: So, yeah, he did express that he wanted to go stay with his mom, but... In several contacts that he had with his mother, his mom would always try to come up with some type of an excuse oh to not have Todd back. That's I mean, so awful. I mean, I don't know what her status was over in South Carolina, particularly, but, I mean, the kid was a fucking hellion.
0: Yeah, but, like...
1: And now he's, in a, like, a young adult, you know?
0: Yeah, I get that. However... You know, I don't think the approach you should take is, oh, here, let me just send you somewhere else to live with your father so I don't have to deal with you. Yeah. It's like, hey, let me, like, maybe get you some professional help. Yeah. It would be my first thought. Right. Not, and then not like, oh, I can't have you back because you're having a miserable time over there, like, sorry, you mm-hmm. know, like. Yeah. No, like, these you parents, come man, home. if you don't yeah. want to be a fucking parent, don't be a parent.
1: Right. Like, there's... There, I mean, they they don't want to be a parent, and they're not being parents. Exactly. But, but
0: I'm saying, like, if you don't... Don't make the kid go through something yeah, like that. Put it him awful. for adoption.
1: Todd would actually have his first stint in prison while living in Arizona. Okay. And I don't know if, t- like, he was necessarily arrested. I mean, clearly he had somewhat of a record because he was in psychiatric treatment for violence and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he was actually arrested for anything, like, major before this. Okay. Um... If not, this escalates very quickly, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so um, he was 15 at the time, and he decided to kidnap a 14-year-old girl that was, I'm assuming, in the neighborhood. It's unclear whether or not he knew this girl, like, from school or anything like that, because her identity's never been released. Okay. Um, so he went to her house, threatened her life with a 22 caliber gun walked her from her place to his place um and content warning there he tied her up taped her mouth and then sexually assaulted her
0: oh my gosh at 15 he, he was 15 yeah and she was 14 and how and where are you learning this not learning but he's where always, do you get that from? exactly yeah. where where do you get that idea from yeah is your father doing things similarly to that yeah, or, or saying that it's okay to like to take what you want and that's what
1: i'm saying it's like for the sexual assaults that's very like again we talked about that that is like a sign of someone's being sexually abused themselves
0: that's what i'm saying he had to have been exposed to something sexual he
1: never says it he never talks about that not to say it didn't happen but
0: yeah but i mean it would at least based help on help patterns explain.
1: yeah so, he did eventually walk her back to her house, and he did threaten to harm her siblings if she ever spoke about it. Oh, my gosh. That's um, so
0: scary. And at 14, you're like, I'm not going to fucking say a word. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to get anyone else in trouble. This was
1: somehow reported to police, and uh, again, I don't know exactly how they found out if, if she said someone or if someone saw them together or whatever, but um, the police were notified. So, Todd was actually apprehended and interrogated, and under interrogation... Todd had admitted to his crimes. He claimed that the crime was actually uncontrollable. He said that this was not something that he had under control, or that he was in control of. He said that he had committed these crimes because he wanted to get back at his father for not paying enough attention to him.
0: That's the way to do that.
1: As if, like, look at what I'm capable of when you're not watching me, you know? Ew. Like, that's basically what he said. That's so fucking like, gross. Like, I'm not under any supervision, so it's like I ha- like, I'm uncontrollable. Yeah. So it seems like he again, he wanted to it's weird because it seems like he wanted to cover his tracks because he did threaten her. So it's like Did you want to get caught or you didn't want to get caught? Yeah. Like it's kind of confusing, right? So of course, Regina, Todd's mother, like runs to his defense and he she writes a handwritten note to the courts saying that Todd did have full knowledge of what he did and that he was highly remorseful.
0: Oh now she gives a
1: shit. And see, and this is what I'm saying. It's like, it's got to be a mom complex. Like, it's such a mom complex. Todd would be um, tried as an adult for armed kidnapping and sexual assault
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because of the severity.
0: As he should.
1: Yeah. So the judge knew of his kind of standing record of the violent tendencies and, you know, his stint in a psychiatric facility. And that's why he went, went ahead and chose to try him as an adult. The judge was quoted in saying, quote, 25 months of the most intensive and expensive professional intervention will not provide protection for the public. And that, quote, no rehabilitation of this juvenile by any services or facilities presently available in juvenile court could help him.
0: Okay, so that's the end of the case there. He was in prison for the rest of his life.
1: You would think so. Well, he said 25 months of, so the maximum penalty for a juvenile would be 25 months. Yeah. Right? So Todd did t- take a guilty plea, and that was in exchange for the drop of the sexual assault charge, because he probably knows, even at 15, that sexual assault charges could be detrimental to him in prison. Then
0: don't fucking commit a then sexual assault. don't do assault. it,
1: right? So he was actually found guilty of one charge of kidnapping, and he was sentenced to 15 years in prison and had to register as a sex offender. In lieu of the sexual assault charge. Ew. But he went to fucking prison. Good.
0: As he should have. I'm (laughs) sorry, like... So in
1: 1987, Todd was actually given a psychiatric evaluation where he was determined to have a higher IQ than average. His IQ was 118, with the average intelligence being about 100, so it's pretty high. The evaluation, unfortunately, also determined that he suffered from antisocial personality disorder.
0: Wow, that really figures. I couldn't have fucking told you that from, like, (laughs) the whole part of this, the first part of the podcast.
1: So Dr. Roger Martig is the psychologist who evaluated... Todd, and he said that Todd, quote, demonstrates episodes of ignoring or distorting distorting reality and regularly uses protection defense mechanisms and the presence of degrees have an impaired sense of reality. That That sounds
0: like antisocial personality disorder. That's
1: a mouthful. Kohlheb had, quote, excessively strange impulses and feelings, end quote, and has, quote, limited capacity to tolerate unpleasant effects, end quote.
0: But... Okay, yeah, that makes sense, because he bursts out in anger all the time. Right.
1: So he stated that Todd's condition could evolve into, quote, emotional deterioration in the future or continued aggressive behavior towards others in the future, end quote.
0: So keep him in prison forever.
1: Despite all of this, Todd actually earned himself a bachelor's degree in computer science. In while he was in prison. Wow. And in 2001, he was released from prison. Why? Which is pretty much... Like, it was pretty much the 15 years that he was supposed to be
0: in there. So. Okay. First of all, that's ridiculous that he only got 15 years. Second of all, the fact that people are evaluating and saying he is going to continue to harm others. Why would you at least not keep him instituted yeah. in like, a mental
1: Well, that help? was the psychiatric evaluation. However, by all accounts, in prison, he was, like, a pleasant person. Oh, he's a
0: goody-two-shoes. Of yeah. course he fucking is. He has yeah. antisocial personality disorder. Well, not like, only that, shit. but he probably
1: had structure for the first time in his entire life, you
0: know? Yeah, that's a good point. He didn't have to work. He didn't have... You know what I mean? Like,
1: he he just studied. And that's something that he was clearly very good at. And that's what we saw in the craft
0: case, too. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that without the structure, things quickly go downhill for him outside of prison. Sure. Go ahead.
1: So pretty much as soon as he was released, uh, he went to... Because, again, this is in Arizona. So after serving 15 years, he went to South Carolina to be with his mom. Okay. So he's probably,
0: like... Almost 30 at this point. Yeah, I think okay. so.
1: So um, he actually started working in computer programming, and he did that about two, for about two years, and then he actually wanted to go back to school, because again, what we were talking about in the C- Randy Kraft case, that he kind of relied, like Kraft did, relied on his intelligence mm-hmm. and the fact that he was a military guy, like, you know, and that that's what felt normal yeah, to him. Yeah, and they should
0: have used it for good, you right? Know? Yeah, use your powers for good. Yes.
1: So he did go back to school, and he got a secondary bachelor's degree in science with a major in business administration and marketing. Okay. Cool, right? Doing some good stuff. So all throughout school, people described Todd as a very smart individual with no violent streak to speak of. Like, at all. hmm Todd was uh, actually able to lie about his record and his sex offender registry on a real estate license application, and he actually received a real estate license. Okay. So, with this, Todd was able to build a firm of more than a dozen agents in his firm. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, kind of. (laughs) So, he was also recognized as one of the top agents in the Carolina region. Wow. So, he was really successful at doing this. Todd um, went ahead and bought his own house, so he was doing really well. Todd also was able to acquire a private pilot license, which is interesting. Hmm. He also purchased several properties outside of this, out of state properties. So, he was managing certain properties for his real estate business.
0: I mean, that's not cheap.
1: Yeah, it's really not. So in May 2014, he actually purchased a nearly 100 acre land property. Um, and it was actually located outside of Moore, the town of Moore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the property was about like $300,000. So it was a pretty, oh. pretty big deal. property. But it was, I mean, that seems reasonably priced for that much, right? But it was like, again, out in the middle of nowhere. So he actually set in a fence that fenced around the property and that cost $80,000. Wow. $80,000. Yeah. So again, it's kind of like an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. But clearly he cherishes his privacy.
0: Well, yeah. And also... It seems like everything's been going really well for him yeah. for a long time, and it almost seems like—I mean, this could be a movie because it seems like his demons are going to get the better of him, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, true. like eventually. Yeah, <laughs> and this is twenty fourteen. I mean, that's not that long ago.
1: Yeah, it's not. So Todd's friends around this time had actually described him as a very hardworking individual, but that he was also kind of creepy. Okay. So it was another—it was nothing ever so serious that they never wanted to end a friendship over, mm-hmm. but that he was just kind of like. off yeah Yeah, like he was just odd so a client of todd's has actually said that um he was extremely outgoing and professional throughout her time of trying to sell her house to him Mm
0: -hmm.
1: although he did mention several times that he was a big gun enthusiast and he would make sexual
0: innuendos during their conversations like get fucked like that's gross right so fucking (sighs) gross
1: so So another sorry i get mad
0: when someone calls me like sweetheart or, like, yeah. honey. I'm like, don't fucking call me that. I'm yeah. not your sweetie. It's got to be stuff like that, right? right. Like, it's just <laughs> creepy.
1: So on, on another account, um, it had actually come from a woman who was an assistant to an employee of Todd's. Okay. And she described Todd as an angry man who was super condescending to her.
0: Okay. We haven't heard this anger aspect come in. Not not a in a while.
1: So he would just get, like, impatient and yell at people. Like Seems like him. Like, his
0: him. agents. It's old habits.
1: Yeah. So there was actually another account of someone that worked for Todd saying that they would often catch Todd watching porn at work.
0: Not looking good for Todd. Not looking good for Todd. <laughs> Not looking good. Damn, Todd, you were doing so I know, so well. right? Maybe he was doing that this whole time, and people are just now starting to get yeah. Pinned. Todd was also known to
1: frequent a Waffle House, where his behavior disturbed the waitresses so much to the point to where the male cooks actually had to take his order. Fuck,
0: I love Waffle House, though.
1: I've never been to a it's Waffle so House. so I've only Is been it? once. Really? It's
0: so good, How but no, I that's go? really fucked up. Also, like, I highly, highly support places that are, like, no, get like get out of here. Yeah, you know what I mean. But for sure. the fact that the guys were willing to step in was, I guess. Good, yeah. But they, you know, they definitely should have kicked his ass out. Yeah. You know?
1: So actually, one of the waitresses that worked there was a one Megan Lee McGraw Coxey, who would eventually become one of his victims. Oh no. So he was eventually banned from the waffle. Wait, House, he's by the way. a killer. We're getting there.
0: No, the podcast is called "Diagnosing a Killer." It was supposed <laughs> oh to be wait, funny. he killed someone. Oh. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So this is all like this kind of uh, like linear type story. And so we were in 2014-ish around the time where he bought the property. But now we're going to backtrack. So it was after he was out of prison, after he had moved to South Carolina. And he had been out of prison for about five years at this point. Okay. So in 2006, Todd decided to purchase a motorcycle in Chesney, South Carolina. He chose to go into Superbike Motorsports, and after many visits to the shop, Todd eventually bought a bike, only to try to return it shortly after the fact. Okay. According to Todd and Todd's mother, when he tried to return the bike for a full refund, claiming that he no longer wanted the bike, the staff laughed at him and accused him of not being able to handle or ride the bike.
0: Oh, nope. You don't want to make fun of that guy. Right? So upon hearing this,
1: Todd had made up his mind.
0: Oh my god, no. He
1: did leave that day, but on the 6th of November, he returned. He entered through the back of the shop, shooting the first person he saw, which was a 26-year-old mechanic named Chris Sherbert.
0: Wait, this was all, like, way before he bought the property and everything? Yeah. And no one fucking
1: knew? No one knew. Well, let's get there. (gasps) He then made his way through the shop shooting and killing 52-year-old Beverly Guy, who was the shop owner's mother, and she was the shop bookkeeper.
0: Oh, my God. He shot
1: her in the main showroom. He then shot service manager Brian Lucas, who was 29, and he was trying to make his way through the front doors. (gasps) Oh, that's so scary. Todd then took his last victim, who was in the parking lot. It was the shop owner. He was trying to escape, and this is in the parking lot.
0: Can he was, you imagine, like, being in the parking lot, like, so close?
1: He was 30-year-old Scott Ponder, so each victim had received an additional shot in their foreheads before Todd left the scene to ensure that they were dead. Oh, my God. So this was never released to the public during the investigation and would go unsolved for 13 years.
0: How? There's no cameras or anything in that shop? Like I don't know. Maybe not 2006? in 2006. No, that's... <laughs> I feel like that's... You know, it's not like it's the 20s, like you said. It's not like
1: it's the 20s. I don't, it just was never solved. I think because of the randomness of it, they probably investigated other family members. They probably investigated friends or whatever. Um, The only person that had any information on it was actually um, Scott Ponder's wife, the owner, shop owner's wife, that said that a man who would eventually fit the description of Todd Kohlhepp um, that he, there was an, an angry guy that would come in and just argue with people. And so that was, but that was the most that she knew. Oh she gosh. didn't really, I don't know if she even gave a description. She just said it was probably this guy, but they, I mean, that could be anybody.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh my <clears> God. I, that was a twist. I did not know you were going to say right? that.
1: So that was in 2006. So in 2016, okay. 10 years later... After dating for a few months, Kayla Brown and her boyfriend, Charlie Carver, decided to move in together. Falling on hard times, Kayla had made the decision to approach an old acquaintance of her then ex-boyfriend's, who was a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. And this was knowing that he probably needed help cleaning up houses for sale, knowing that this man usually would hire people to clean real estate, like clean up houses for him. So Kayla got into contact with Todd Colehep. However, after being hired, Todd decided to employ both Charlie and Kayla on his personal 95-acre property. Okay. Saying that they could stay there and things like that. Oh, no. Don't, to help clean up Brush. After some time in late August, Charlie's mother couldn't get a hold of her son. She tried calling several times with no answer. A concerned friend even went to Kayla and Charlie's house several times with no answer. On September 5th, the family had gained access to the couple's home and found their beloved dog with no food or water. So this was like,
0: oh no, was the dog okay? This was probably like
1: a week after they were last spoken to on the phone. I think it was Kayla's mom that spoke to her on the phone on August 31st. Um, It was nearly starving to death, but the dog was fine.
0: Oh my God, that's so sad.
1: Uh, Kayla's mom was actually quoted in saying that, quote, the dog is her baby. She would never leave him like that. Yeah. that. They loved that dog. So it was then that Kayla's family was actually reported her missing at this point. So about the same time, Charlie's, Charlie started posting on his Facebook, leaving milestone posts, that he and Caleb were expecting a baby and that they chose to purchase a house in a different town, and that they were also planning to be married.
0: Oh, yeah, that's not them posting those things.
1: He also started randomly posting messages that didn't sound like him. Yeah. On one time, a post simply read the lyrics to the Eagles Hotel California. Last thing I remember, I was running for the door. I had to find the passage back to the place I was before. Relaxed that the Nightman were programmed to receive. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave.
0: Okay, that's eerie as fuck, but good-ass fucking song. There were
1: unsettling memes with dark quotes. There was one with a Joker. Like, it's a cartoon Joker. um, And it's like where he's running his fingers through his hair. I think it's from Hush. Somebody help me with that. (laughs) I think it is. Um, But the quote said, if I weren't crazy, I'd be insane. And after all of this suspicious behavior on Charlie's Facebook, friends and family became increasingly concerned. Like, yeah, yeah. they're responding at this time saying, like, dude, where are you? The police are looking for you. All this stuff. Where, you know, and then people started becoming so suspicious that they were like, this is the person that killed them. So, yeah.
0: That's what I think. Yeah. Like, that's what, that's where my mind's going right now.
1: So, again, becoming increasingly concerned, the family filed warrants to obtain records on the Facebook accounts of both Charlie and Kayla. They wanted to know. Mm-hmm. So on October 5th, almost a month after filing with Facebook to get these these records, um, they actually gave copies to the police, um, the transcripts. They actually found messages being exchanged between Kayla, Charlie, and Todd. So they're like, dummy, right? Yeah. Dummy. So Todd had also been sharing things on his Facebook, liking and sharing the couple's missing posts from their family's posts. Yeah.
0: What a fucking asshole. Asshole.
1: And he was like, oh, if I ever go missing, do this with my body. If I ever go missing, like, how do people go missing? Like, things like
0: that. Yeah. What a fucking cock.
1: So police had actually obtained telephone records um, of the couples, and it actually traced them back to the property, and they had never left. So they knew that since August 31st, the couple had never left the property, not even to go shopping, you know, Mm because they're phones were on the property. So realizing that they needed a question, Todd, clearly they Mm -hmm. located his property on November 3rd with search warrants. The police came onto the Todd Cole Hub property since they had ample evidence that Kayla and Charlie were living on the property. It became a welfare check. Okay. So they're like, regardless of whether or not we can search all your shit, we need to make sure that these people are not on your property somewhere. So before the police arrived at the massive property, they had already decided to split up and search the property like different portions of the Mm -hmm. property because it's so massive. You ready for this?
0: Mm-hmm. Am I? I don't know. I don't
1: know. When the police walked onto the front yard of Colheb's house, they questioned him outside. When police explained to Todd that they were following a lead to a missing person's case, he responded with, Oh, you're trying to find the girl. The girl? One of the detectives actually corrected him and said, We're looking for a couple. Who's this girl? The police told Todd that they wouldn't be leaving until they received some information and his cell phone. And at that point, they didn't let him go inside by himself. They were like, we're going inside with you. Yeah, he's, he's like, let me just like grab my phone real shuffle quick. Shuffle his
0: shit around or try to leave. Yeah.
1: So officers followed Todd inside. And meanwhile, investigators on the other side of the property, while driving down a dirt road, came across a two-story shed or garage-type looking thing. It looked like a... I mean, our next-door neighbors have it. But it's like an a, an apartment above... yeah. Like, a garage. So inside, they found a bed, and there was actually shackles that were placed strategically along the walls and on the floor.
0: So he, like, built this with that intention?
1: Well, we'll see. Um, In the bathroom, however, in the trash can, officers found auburn-colored hair clippings that were similar to Kayla's hair color. Okay. So they continued down the dirt path, right? They found, they took all that evidence and everything, like, took pictures. They go ahead and they head back keep going down the dirt road because they haven't found anyone yet mm-hmm. right but they now they have suspicions to believe that like Kayla is somewhere so they continued down a dirt path until they came upon another shed or like kind of like a barn thing it was smaller than the other one but next to that was a shipping container and as they approached the shipping container they begin to hear strange noises loud bangs could be heard coming from inside the container with a woman's voice crying out
0: guys <laughs> Sorry. So I heard something behind me and it scared me because this story's scary.
1: (laughs) It's creepy. So yeah, a woman's voice could be heard screaming from inside the container for help. The container was locked shut with five gigantic padlocks. Big ones. I'm talking like the size of like softballs.
0: Oh my gosh. Like
1: five of them all along the edge of the shipping container. So it actually took police to saw off the door of the container to access her. So when they opened it up, it looked like it was used for storage. There was, like, giant um, cases of water bottles. There was a bag of, like, feed and other supplies that you would use just on a 95-acre property. Mm -hmm. But in the back, um, Kayla was there. And she was exhausted and traumatized. Content warning. She was um, chained with her neck up against the wall. So she couldn't even lay down if she wanted to. Yeah. Oh, that's so awful. It's really sad. And she was actually given a dog bed for comfort. So she was sitting in a dog bed. As officers started to free her, she was actually really alert and talking. She was telling officers when asked about the whereabouts of Charlie, she said, quote, he shot him. When asked to repeat herself, she responded with, Todd Kohlhepp shot Charlie Carver three times in the chest, wrapped him in a blue tarp, put him in the bucket of a tractor, locked me down here, and i never seen him again. She followed with, He says he's dead and buried. He says there's several bodies buried out here and that the dogs would be ruined if they go looking because there's red pepper.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Meaning cadaver dogs wouldn't be able to go through the property and find bodies. By the way, this is all in 20 seconds of her... Like, they're actively trying to take this chain off of her neck. And she says all of this information. I timed it. It's 20 seconds. She wanted to get as much information as possible out there. Just in
0: case. You never know.
1: Yeah. So she said all of that again. Like I said, she was coherent wow. and she she just wanted to give as much information as what possible. What a fucking
0: badass, I honestly. know.
1: It's it's incredible. Like, I mean, this is all out there, by the way. It's all, I mean, the videos you are free to watch on YouTube, but because um, this is all chess cam
0: oh, on the officers. Okay.
1: So, I mean, and they recorded everything as wow. they're doing it. So it was pretty incredible, honestly, to like see how coherent she was. And, you know, when they said you know, where's Charlie? Where's your, he's. Like, she, I think he says, where's your friend or where's your buddy? And she goes, he shot him. And then they were like, "They he shot him? And he's like, yes, Todd Colehub shot Charlie Carver yeah. and just goes into it. like she. And she's
0: been there for months. Like, you know, she, yeah. who knows how malnourished? I think and, it was you know, about
1: 65, 67 days.
0: Dehydrated and everything. Yeah. Like, wow, what a that fucking she, badass. She's a such person. a badass.
1: So back at the house, mind you, police are with Colehub, and they get radio that Kayla has been found on his property.
0: Oh my God, does he here?
1: I don't know if he hears it, necessarily, but when confronted by this, he's immediately handcuffed, and when asked where Charlie is just to ease the search, had lawyers up after denying that he had any knowledge of her being on the yeah, property. shit. He's like, shit. I don't
0: know who you're talking about, I don't know. What you do don't you know, know about this fucking actual whole-ass person that is yeah. chained in a fucking thing on your property? Right. Ew. So
1: police eventually found Charlie's car and it was ditched on the property. He had tried to conceal it, of course, because he's an idiot. Kayla revealed in the ambulance ride on the way to the hospital that she had, in fact, been sexually assaulted multiple times. Oh, my gosh. And this is content warning just because of the amount of gaslighting that's about to happen and the amount of um, mental manipulation and trauma. Um, So this will be a content warning, especially for me as well. He had told Kayla that if she had refused sexual contact, that he would respect her for a time. But after a while, if she didn't, eventually give in that he would kill her since she didn't serve a purpose
0: oh my god
1: so it's like i'm not gonna sexually assault you but you're gonna have to eventually
0: that is so fucked up
1: he also told kayla that she shouldn't worry though because after a while she would eventually develop stockholm syndrome and fall in love with him that gives me like that gives me chills like that makes my heart sink i want to throat punch this guy He had also confessed to Kayla that he wanted to be a serial killer, that he said that he was, he wanted to up his body count into the three digits, meaning that they were already in
0: two digits. Uh, Really quick, can you explain for the listeners what Stockholm Syndrome is, just in case somebody listening doesn't know what that is?
1: Sure. So Stockholm Syndrome is basically, and this is is from the Oxford Dictionary, again, because I don't like to mess with details. I don't want to paraphrase. It is feelings or of trust or affection felt in many cases towards a kidnapper or a hostage-taking situation by a victim towards a captor. Yes.
0: So So somebody is a victim of, you know, human trafficking or, you know, kidnapping or, you know, hostage situation, and they, in turn, are manipulated to the point where they start to feel affectionate or protective over their their assault, assailant. Assailant,
1: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So he did say... um, That he wanted to up his body count, that he wanted to be a serial killer, and he also told Kayla that if she cooperated, he would teach her how to kill people as well so that they could be partners.
0: This isn't fucking, like, Bonnie and Clyde, you asshole. That's what he thinks. Also, he's already a serial killer if he's in the double digits, so I don't know why he said he wanted to be a serial killer. That's what I'm saying. Fucking idiot. I think he's, yeah,
1: I think he's bullshitting.
0: Uh, Yeah, he probably is bullshitting. So
1: he did claim that he had killed many people before, and that he killed for the government, and that he was contracted by the military to kill people. Bullshit, and that he said that after his stint of being in, you know, working for the government, that this is how he survives now. Like he's like Dexter or some shit. Ew. Yeah, like he thinks that yeah. Get literally, literally <laughs> fucked. <Yeah. laughs> so during Cole Hub's interrogation, Cole actually struck a deal. In exchange for a full confession, he wanted three things. One to send a photograph of himself in custody to his mother. Ew! Two, to transfer funds to a friend for his friend's daughter's college fund. That's really weird. Why are you all of a sudden doing something nice? And three, it was to give his mother a phone call. That's all he wanted in exchange for a full confession. Kohlhepp um. detailed his terrible upbringing and began to talk about his crimes. He first confessed to the multiple murders over at the motorbike shop. Mm-hmm. A crime that had gone unsolved, of course, at this point was over 10 years. The police knew that he was telling the truth because he had said that he did, in fact, shoot the victims in the forehead, which, again, was never released to the public. Yeah,
0: they like to leave out little details like that so that they know that whoever is telling them their Mm -hmm. confession, if if it's genuine or not.
1: He confessed then to killing Charlie because he had, quote, a smart mouth. He then said that he hated that and he said that he didn't want to harm Kayla because he felt like she was really nice and that she didn't do anything wrong.
0: I'd probably have a smart mouth too if you fucking kidnap me against my will. Yeah. You piece of shit.
1: Todd then confessed to killing two more people, and those two people were actually found buried on his property. So in 2015, this was about a year before he would kill Charlie Carver mm-hmm. and kidnap Kayla Brown, Johnny... Johnny Joe Coxey and Megan Lee McGraw-Coxie were married, uh, a married couple, and they were going through hard times. The couple had been in jail. They did have a history of panhandling and all that, um, but, and then eventually they were expecting their first child. Unfortunately, the baby was um, taken away due to drugs being in its system, yeah. and the baby entered foster care.
0: Well, I mean, better life, hopefully. Yeah, Hopefully.
1: Um, Todd was a frequent customer at the Wavo House where Megan worked, and he had tried many times to entice her to come work for him on his property. Mm. After their stint in jail, Megan and Johnny, um, she took him up on the offer. So
0: Even though he was so annoying that they had to have the cooks take his order?
1: He was, he was going to pay them a lot of money. He that's said that true. they said that he was a really extravagant tipper, and that's why everybody kept mm. him around. And I'm she not- She probably knew that.
0: Yeah, I'm not victim blaming her at all. I'm no, just saying. No, yeah.
1: Um, So seeing this as an opportunity to get their feet under them, uh, Todd had offered for them to work on the property for money. Um, So Johnny was ultimately killed on Christmas week. He was shot multiple times in the chest. Megan.
0: Just like Charlie.
1: Yeah. Megan was actually kept for six days before her death. Oh my god. And she was um, ultimately killed and shot in the head. Um, So Cole gave them literally everything in this interrogation as much as he could.
0: So really, really resonates with his antisocial personality disorder, because I know we kind of touched on that disorder in a previous mental breakdown, but I like to just, and this is very loose terms, but I like to, I like to describe that disorder as someone that genuinely does not give a crap at all. Yeah. And that's, that's unfortunately what the disorder does. Mm -hmm. It makes you completely benign to anything. Romantic, anger, like Yeah. I mean he does get angry, but as far as the confession, whatever. Yeah.
1: I don't care. He doesn't care who his anger affects. Yeah. Yeah. So a little um interesting thing about Cole Hub, he's actually his if you were give him a moniker, right? It was the Amazon review killer. Okay. So a further search into the computer that Cole Hub had had he had a strange habit of reviewing the supplies that he bought in order to commit his crimes.
0: I was thinking the Amazon River. No. <laughs> Which makes absolutely no sense. No, no. Amazon. Like like the, like, we, like we don't like need to website. say their name any more times because yeah. we're just going to give them more money. <laughs> True, yeah. So
1: for example, a padlock review said, quote, works great. Also, if someone talks back, go old school on them by putting it in a sock and beating them. They won't appreciate the hardened steel like you will. This <laughs> that fucked us.
0: Funny at all? It's but like, not. Imagine it's ridiculous. Reading that,
1: I you well, would think someone was. joking. I would be like, haha, that's kind of funny, you know. If he was joking. If he was though.
0: joking. Oh my gosh! What a fucking monster! A miniature
1: shovel review read quote. Keep it in the car for hiding the bodies when you left the full-size shovel at home. Oh, my
0: God. See, that, I don't mean to laugh because it's not funny at all, but no,
1: it's ridiculous. But it's, and
0: You're laughing imagine, at the ridiculousness
1: of it. Imagine yeah. seeing that it's review. Absurd. I'd be like, that's kind of funny. LOL. You know? Right? <laughs> yeah. A stun gun. Quote, oh God. seriously, trying to find a reason to zap one of my agents for being lazy. <laughs> <To> zap.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Zap.
1: It's gonna be the office's <laughs> new motivational tool. Oh my
0: god! <laughs> hate, uh, it's this horrifying. Guy. It's
1: it's in, it's I want to say insane. It's, it's it's it is it's uh, wow. This An- guy ballsy <laughs> like what? A knife review. Oh no! Here I haven't stabbed anyone with it yet, yet. But I'm keeping the dream alive, and when I do, it'll be with a quality tool like this.
0: Okay, that one's a little like, that's creepy. dark. I mean, all of them are dark,
1: but that one's, like, pretty... A, a chainsaw. Oh, no. Works excellent. Getting the neighbor to stand still while you're chasing him is hard enough without having to do it with an easy-to-use chainsaw. Yeah.
0: So he like, killed his neighbor, too?
1: literally screaming to be caught. Like, that's like, the thing. Actively. That's, like, just with, like, the the sexual assault from when he was 15 and he was like oh well i just want to piss off my dad and it's like what like yeah. you don't even care like you do not even care if
0: you're caught no he doesn't because he doesn't that's the disorder you don't care about anything you don't care how your actions affect people yeah. you don't care for not caring like right. you don't care that you don't care right you know
1: yeah so cole hep was charged with four counts of murder for the shop murders one count of murder for charlie two counts of murder for the coxies wow. and yeah
0: i mean as he should be yes
1: yes um, two counts of kidnapping for Kayla and Megan, since Good. it was obvious that she Good. had been there for a longer time. It was clearly kidnapping. Um, this guy is so fucking narcissistic that Cole Hub represented himself in court of against course he did. the judge's recommendation.
0: Of course he did. I mean, that makes me happy though, because I know he royally fucked it up. Yeah.
1: So the relatives of the shop murders and Kayla Brown herself each filed civil lawsuits, um, for damages against Cole Hupp as well. Yeah. And they were in the millions, both cases, um, I didn't and, get the and numbers. he had it. Yeah. Um. So on May 26, 2017, Kohlhepp Col- pleaded guilty to seven counts of murder, two counts of kidnapping, and one count of criminal assault, and was sentenced to seven consecutive life sentences Hell without yeah. the possibility of parole.
0: Hell yeah. And in a
1: plea bargain, um, it actually spared him from the death penalty. Rot. Yeah. He actually got an additional 60 years for the kidnapping sin. Although his defense swore that at his sentencing there were no other victims, at the time, Colehub has repeatedly admitted that there was at least two other murders that he has yet to give any details about.
0: Why are you admitting it then if you're not going to give details? That's what I don't understand. Like, it's, it's like the dangling thing. Like, I'm going to dangle this over your head. And yeah. And we're going to fucking yeah, right? I tell you.
1: So Colehub is actually imprisoned at the Broad River Correctional Institution in South Carolina. He's still alive. Yes. In August 2020... Um, some of Cole Hepp's belongings actually were sold at auction and all of the proceeds were donated to the families. Oh, that's
0: nice. Yeah, to the
1: victims' families.
0: I wouldn't want any of his shit, but that's nice that they did
1: that. No, oh my god, no. I wouldn't want any of his shit either. But I mean if you're talking about like the property and stuff like that, like stuff that yeah. needs to be sold, things of course. that are uh, I'm sure
0: you had animals or something. Right,
1: yeah. Like I'm sure the shipping container's probably destroyed. You know, yeah, nobody's of gonna have that. Yeah. You know, but yeah. So anyways, that is um Cool wow i've never
0: heard that case really? and i'm surprised that i've not heard even anything about it or it doesn't sound familiar because it was recent when he got sentenced yeah but wow i mean mm. antisocial personality disorder and personality disorders in general are not all the time um genetic yeah they they can be but also that nurturing aspect of it i really think it was a case of both and in this case i think it was nature and nurture yeah that I th- got I him think so I mean,
1: yeah i mean yeah it's it's an un- again like you said and, and I know morbid says it it's you know it's feel bad for the kid don't feel bad for the adult like, shout out morbid yeah
0: sponsor us no I'm just it's <laughs> they true. have their own sponsors and they sponsor all right eyes. my bad
1: I said antisocial personality disorder at the beginning of this but it was borderline personality disorder. okay
0: so I mean pretty similar
1: yeah and yeah borderline personality disorder is typified by an an unstable or Poorly developed self-image, rapidly changing personal goals, intense but unstable relationships colored with needless due to real or imagined fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that a little choppy. Sorry, guys. You also have an impaired ability to recognize the needs and feelings of others. Um, It is associated with an increased likelihood of feeling slighted or insulted, which we've seen. Mm Mm-hmm impulsive behavior, and increased risk-taking and hostility.
0: Okay. Which, again,
1: increased risk-taking. Oh, of he course. He went through that shop and just yeah. murdered four people and didn't care. Just
0: because. Yeah.
1: So the prevalence of borderline personality disorder in the population is estimated between 1.6% and 5.9%. And this disorder is seen more in females than in males, which is interesting. That's really high. That yeah. And most people diagnosed are women, with 75% being women. Wow. It's a lot.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Well, we'll definitely have to break down, like, one of the specific personality disorders in one of our mental breakdowns. Yeah, that... Well, we've
1: done antisocial.
0: Yeah, so I'm saying we can do borderline next time, or we can do uh, yeah. schizotypal, or, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, yeah, I'm... Again, shocked that I didn't even know it. that was not even on my radar. I've yeah. never heard of that it's case, an interesting case so it for is very sure. interesting. Thank you for sharing those Amazon
1: it reviews, though. Like, that what is so bizarre? It's so bizarre. It is, I mean, I've seen funny things like that before, but now I'm like, should I look into that? Yeah, you know what I mean? Be like, reporting
0: like, these people. I don't know. <laughs> but- Thank everybody for continuing to listen to us. We had a little bit of a delay this week, but I hope that you listened to the mental breakdown and that you heard that we are having three cases this or three episodes this week. So you had the mental breakdown that came out right before this. You're going to have this episode and then on Sunday, you'll have a second mental breakdown. Woo. So I hope you're enjoying these mental breakdowns. I mean, I really am. I love the mental breakdown. I think my favorite part is the celebrities. <laughs> like, <laughs> it really is. It's so interesting to it me. It is. And, it is interesting. And uh, yeah, so thank you guys for listening. In the meantime, while you're waiting for the new episode, you can follow us on Instagram, at diagnosing a killer we have patreon at patreon.com slash diagnosing a killer we also have twitter a uh, killer diagnosis and you can send us an email if you feel so inclined diagnosing a killer at, e- at email.com <laughs> diagnosing at gmail.com and yeah thank you guys for listening to us we thanks love for listening all of you. well we love you guys keep being amazing be good people do good things
1: do good things be good people we love you <laughs> love you bye, bye.